but he had great numbers on the road. Yes, he did. And then he went to AAA and turned back into the Scott Kingery no, he'd always been. No. He yes, did, he did. He didn't hit for power before. He didn't he hit for power at AAA. AAA. No, he, he most didn't. certainly did. Yes, he Not did. as much he as Ahmed dub- Rosario did at AAA. He had double-digit home runs at AAA, didn't he? No, I think he had eight. Eight in how many at-bats? In 265 at-bats. That's pretty good. Unbeknownst to Scott, Heath, and Chris, I have been recording the last 25 seconds of debate. This is what goes on when the cameras aren't rolling, people. They can't stop talking about Scott Kingery. Now let's start the show. Hey, real quick, Scott's phoned about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal, Mount Rushmore. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Baseball. Today, we ha- are now instituting a no Scott Kingery rule. Uh, that's actually not going to be true, because he it's was just drafted. just the name. He's kind it's of a buzzworthy player right now. We probably should talk If about it was him. Stephon Kingery, Scott wouldn't be on him. That's all it is. <laughs> well, uh, we did our podcast league draft last night, and of course, Scott White took Scott Kingery. And we have team name Tuesday today, and of course, we have a Scott Kingery team name, but there actually is a lot more to talk about. We have another closer update to give you. And uh, some draft day dilemmas that really, you know, yesterday was really interesting for me because it was uh, the first live draft I had done, believe it or not, even though we're pretty late in the process. And I've got three more this week, but it just brought up some interesting draft day dilemmas that I'm looking forward to talking about today. But let's start with your quote of the day from Mr. Scott Kingery White, from Scott White. You never know how you're going to feel until you're under the gun in a league that matters to you. Interesting words, Mr. Scott White. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why when we get into this, like, uh, oh, you have this guy fifth, why don't you have him sixth? And it's like, I, it, you know, it's it's ultimately it's going to depend on my mood when the time comes to take to pick at that spot. And Scott was in a little bit of a bad mood when someone questioned him in the draft room last night. Oh, I wasn't in a bad mood. No, you were snipey. No, he wasn't. No, I got your I'm back, Scott White. Get, I thought to... I thought Scott was very. I thought we all behaved ourselves mo- most professionally. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, it was a great night last night. Heath was cursing out one of our drafters, John S., yeah. who kept stealing players from him, which was terrific. But other than that, we had a really fun time. But Scott was on the clock with the fourth pick, and he took Charlie Blackman. And somebody instead said, "Instead hey. of instead of Bryce Harper, right. I have Harper ranked ahead of him." But I don't know. I just felt a little more confident in Charlie Blackman in that moment, and he was. Look, the top player in this format last year, so I don't think it's it's anything you can criticize me for. No, of course not. It's just it does go to show you that. And that, remember, I said last week uh, debating Carlos Correa versus Freddie Freeman. I said to Chris, if I did ten drafts and I had that choice ten times, I might take Correa five times and Freeman five times. And that's part of the fun of it, you know. It's there's there's not necessarily a right answer, or there will be, but we don't know what it is now. So it's it's interchangeable in a lot of spots. And it gets to the the inherent limitations of a one, two, three, et cetera ranking is that it it inherently creates a hierarchy that doesn't actually exist for anybody. Well, I think like there's, that there's, is that is kind of the point of tiers. There's a one two, you know. And I know that sure. not, not everybody's there, rankings there are, are like that, but but ADP shows there is a consensus one two, and then yeah, after that, there's no consensus. That that that's basically what that like that's that's the difference between tiers and, and rankings. Like Keith was saying, there are points 
in the draft where, yes, you feel pretty confident this one player is inferior to the other, but not at that point in the first round at that same position. Okay, so a little bit of draft prep today, a lot of draft prep, just a lot of baseball talk today. Tomorrow uh, or tomorrow or Thursday we'll do our bold predictions and standings. The games start on Thursday, but we can't really react to them because uh, we'll be podcasting before they start. But Blake Parker is reportedly the favorite for saves for the Angels. He has not had a good spring, but he showed a lot last year. Where are you guys ranking Blake Parker right now? I would guess he has a very tenuous hold on that role, so he is still near the bottom for me. Um, I I think he has top ten potential if he's if he's who he was last year and he keeps that job all year, then yeah, it's possibly a top ten closer. But uh, I'm not confident in either of those um, either of those outcomes. Yeah, Parker had a 2.54 ERA, a .83 WHIP. He did struggle in September though, but this was a breakout year last year for Blake Parker. And then of course we have Camber Drosian, who has had success in the past. Jim Johnson's also there, but. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, so the is there any other major news? Uh, Greg Bird's out six to eight weeks. We'll get to that later. But is there any other major news before we get into the draft day dilemmas? I did see some minor news. Can I put minor news in here? Yeah. There was an article, and I don't remember where it was. It was about the Brewers and how some players are just going to get left out in the cold. And it talked about how the plan is that Ryan Braun's going to play first base on opening day. Yeah, Ryan Braun. It sounds like. Uh, Probably every lefty is going to play first base, I would guess, is the plan. Yes, and then like, there's no chance that Ryan Braun's playing more than 140 games. So he's, I, Yeah, I, I'd be like, very surprised. That's the ceiling. And Lorenzo Cain has a pretty good history of being right around 145, 150. So that you're getting Domingo Santana, Santana closer. Mm. I mean, last night he went like in the 15th round. Yeah, no, it, it's about the price drop. Like if he drops to the fifteenth round, then it's probably okay because he can still he could be Javi Baez last year, which I know you guys and, think is like the worst player in baseball. But if he does that, if he hits twenty three homers or twenty five homers and steals ten bases and hits two seventy in five hundred plate appearances, he's going to be a useful player, just not one who's worth drafting a hundred where and, he was being drafted earlier. And not terribly useful in the format that we drafted yeah, him points, last night. It would points have to like be, he probably won't be. Yeah. I, well, and I'm I'm not drafting him in points leagues anymore. Like you just not draft him. He's available you know, at pick 200, and you won't take him. No, I'm got questions about the playing time, and I feel like his particular skill set. Like I don't think he's one of those guys who can just roll out of bed and hit. You know, like if if he hits the crap out of the ball, he, he does hit the ball very hard, but he also misses the ball a lot. And if like the less consistent at bats he gets, I I feel like it. I, I feel like there's a chance it could just completely unravel on him. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I must confess. I, I just received an IM about something work-related, and I don't know if you're talking about Domingo Santana or Javier Baez or something. Are yes, talking about we're Santana? talking about Domingo <laughs> yes. Santana. Okay. The answer to that question is yes. <laughs> okay. The other thing I will say is there, like, there is a non-zero chance that Ryan Braun is out for two months within the first month of the season. Yes. Yeah. Right. Sure. sure. But as long as him, Kane, and Yelich are healthy – They'll get the occasional day off, but all three of them, I, maybe you guys disagree, but I think all three of them are just flat out better players than Domingo Santana. So there's no reason for them to lose playing time to him. Yeah. The only one I question who's better is between Thames and, yeah. and Santana. Well, Santana's but, better than Thames. Uh, no, I, I don't think so against righties. 
Eric Thames still crushed righties last year. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, I'm not investing in Thames either. It's, sure. So. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Santana went very late. He went to the end of round 16 in our 12-team league last night. He was definitely in my queue. But there are just so – and this is a draft takeaway. There are so many outfielders. He's got more upside than guys who are on the waiver wire now after the draft like Dexter Fowler and whatnot. But, but um, you know, it's – Does he have more upside than David Dahl? And is his path to a full-time, everyday job any yeah, less uh, murky much, than David Dahl? Yeah, I think it's less murky. Okay. He's in the Domingo he's, Santana hate needs to stop. Yeah, I, I think really it's gone too far. He I think was it's really all right, good yeah, last but year. Last year was all, yeah, last year was the first year he's been really good. Uh, there are a lot of, he's just a boomer busty player. And yeah. that, I don't see any reason to view him any differently than Javi Baez. Javi Baez actually probably has a clearer path, path to play. Javi Baez has never shown us 30 and 15 with a 12% walk rate. If he got as many plate appearances as he wouldn't Domingo walk that much. he wouldn't walk that much. So, Great. And in points leagues, I guess Domingo Santana gets an extra 30 points from those walks, but that's, that's not really like, that matters a little bit. It does matter. That matters. It matters a fair amount, but it's, it's a big if, I feel like. It's asking a lot. All right. The other minor news, maybe, is that Matt Carpenter apparently not going to play much third base, according to, uh, a beat writer. This is the post dispatch, I believe. And, uh, he said he probably won't play there enough for it to be something to gnaw your fingernails about. Blah blah blah. He's gonna mostly play first base. That was. Uh... I, I would guess if you asked five different people close to the team, they would give you five different answers to this. What I'm seeing is that Matt Carpenter has played third base more than any other position this spring. Okay. And also, and I, I just whether it's something to gnaw your fingers off as a Cardinals fan is very different than as a fantasy player where he only needs to get there five times. Sure. And the question and the answer was really also about his defense at third base, and we don't really <laughs> care about that. And that was uh, in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, yes. Okay, then. Uh, draft day dilemmas. So we talked about Blake Parker. People want to know where to rank him. And so my first draft day dilemma for you is what to do right now about Greg Holland, but also the Diamondbacks bullpen, you know, and, and the White Sox, I guess, to a degree as well. But the Diamondbacks, like, you could have a really good closer there on a very good team. And what about Greg Holland? I took Greg Holland with the fourth to last pick of our 21 round 12 team draft last night. Uh, yeah, I, I might drop him very quickly. I'm not even. Yeah, drafting. I don't see any reason to draft him a, a, except in a roto league with benches. Yeah. You, you would need a bigger roster than the 21 man 12 team league uh, to to be to be willing to feel like you can pass over the options that are going to be emerging on waivers in a league that yeah. shallow. To continue to wait out this Holland timetable, which like, who knows? Like was let, Brad Brock even drafted last night? No, I, I might, know. I might drop. I, I think I'm like, gonna let, drop. Let's uh, say Greg Holland signs today. What's the first day that you would feel comfortable thinking he gets a save? Week three, I'd feel pretty yeah. comfortable. Yeah. All right. So, if so leave him for deeper leagues. Leave him for deeper leagues. I guess that's the point. What about Archie yeah. Bradley and Brad Boxberger? Who are you taking first? And this is a real opportunity here. You know, this isn't like the White Sox situation. White Sox are going to be terrible. This, this, you could have a really good closer. And it's Bradley, you could have one of the best closers in baseball in theory. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Bradley. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not drafting either, <laughs> except in really deep leagues where obviously every potential save source is held. And, and then I'm more often drafting Boxberger because I like the value of that more. Um, it'd be great if it's Bradley. I don't have any shares of Bradley. Let's not write off Yoshihisa Hirano. As well, he's still in the mix. Very much still in the conversation. I, 
I've watched him a little bit. He's looked okay. He throws pretty hard. He can dial the fastball up to like 95. The good news is we're not going to have to speculate on this very much longer. They plan on naming a closer before today's game. Really? Whoa. Really? Right. Absolutely. Yes, that is on well, azcentral.com. I will okay, go, yeah. I will go with Scott and say something that could look foolish by the time this is out in the public airwaves. Are you saying that Scott says things that could look foolish yes. regularly? Okay. I say things I, that already do. I don't think it'll be Archie Bradley. I think his versatility, his ability to work multiple innings probably makes him more valuable outside of that role. I'm, I'm going to say it's a Rano. Yeah. Okay. I would bet on Boxberger. I'm not going to say anything. Is drafting Manny Machado Kind of annoying. Here's a draft day dilemma. <laughs> if you draft him, nope. if you draft him to be your third baseman, fine. If you draft him to be your shortstop, you know, it's, all you have to do is wait one week and he's shortstop eligible, but you also have to draft a scrubby shortstop late in the draft, probably. Or, why, why invest in two What short- Heath did yesterday. Or leave Which was draft Manny Machado as his shortstop, and then draft Carl Seeger as his shortstop. Right, but, but also, you then have to draft, another third baseman at some point who you're going to be moving into third base as your starter. So let's say you want to take a third baseman kind of early and have Machado at short and like Anthony Rendon in the fifth round or something like that. Well, Rendon is currently in your utility spot in your league. So now you have to draft a utility. You know what I mean? It it is a little annoying, isn't it? I haven't done it where I've drafted Machado to be my shortstop. Yeah, a little annoying. But, you know, most drafts are set up that you can bet draft a bench player before you fill out your lineup. So that that kind of solves the problem. Yeah. You know what's not annoying? What? 290, 35 home runs, nice. 100 runs, 100 RBI, maybe 10 stolen bases. And a contract year. Be awesome. yeah, off, off the cuff Manny Machado projection Plus, for you. that second coming. half where he gets to play half his games at Yankee Stadium. That's, that's going to be awesome as well. <laughs> no, like I, I – do think that maybe we don't talk about, or it's still a little bit underrated, positional flexibility. Depending on the league, like especially in a roto league where you have several different types of positions to fill. But my team I drafted last night, I've got Paul DeYoung at second and short eligible. I've got Manny who's going to be third and short. Will Myers is going to be first and outfield. D. Gordon's going to be second and outfield. You know who I like because of the positional eligibility? A guy that doesn't have it yet. Yep, Scott Kingery. Domingo Santana. <laughs> uh, I, I like that about, um, about Nick Castellanos, third base and outfield eligible. And Eduardo Nunez. Yeah. I think Chris, Han- Chris Taylor's super handy because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and more important in deep leagues too, so something to keep an eye on. I think it's really important in head-to-head categories leagues where you change lineups daily and you want to have a bench full of like four or five pitchers to just rotate them in and out. You yeah. have that one guy like Eduardo Nunez sitting on your bench. That can fill in for three or four different players. Okay, next draft day dilemma. When do you draft Trey Turner in a points league? This can be quick here. When do you draft Trey Turner in a points league? I thought about taking him in that four spot. I am really, I am really stuck after Trout and Altuve go. Uh, I, and, and that's partly why I ended up going out of rank and, and taking Blackman ahead of Harper because I don't feel like there is a clear standout in a points league at that third spot. Um, and then in the fourth spot, I don't feel like there's a clear standout in a categories league, but that's a different discussion. Trey Turner was the best shortstop in points, in our standard point scoring on a per game basis last year. And it wasn't particularly close. No. And that was with, you know, an awful line drive rate, a worse than expected batting average, less power than we think he's capable of. Um, the one I, question... I did have a tinge of regret when I didn't get when I had to take Elvis Andrews in round six, what if I had just taken Trey Turner in round one? The one question I do have about him that I 
we kind of touched on maybe a couple weeks ago, but it is worth bringing up again, I think. He's going to bat second. And uh, stolen bases tend to stolen base opportunities tend to go down as you move down the lineup. Um, it's also an, a question I have about Byron Buxton batting sixth, uh, but with Trey Turner batting second, he's probably going to run a little bit less than he has as a leadoff hitter, right? I would think so. I I do think like I, the Red Sox talked about this last year was putting Bogarts at sixth because that was kind of the end of the run of the lineup and they were okay with him running down there. So I think for Buxton, I think with uh, bad hitters behind you, it's okay. I'll, I'll credit, I think Derek Carty, uh, yes. pointed out that I think only three players in the last 30 years have stolen 30 plus bases out of the sixth spot. I, I am sure that's right. But that probably has a lot to do with how sure. lineups there's, are made out. Yeah, I, and I've still, always, I've always liked the idea of sticking your biggest base dealer behind all your high OBP guys, but more specifically to Turner's case, um, I'm going to borrow what's happening with the Rangers lineup, um, which didn't seem to make much sense to me because Jeff Bannister, when he anointed Delano DeShields starting left fielder leadoff man, said we think he can steal 50 bases. And then he's, since then he's talked about batting Joey Gallo second, who, you know, most of his hits are home runs where a stolen base won't matter. He walks a lot. So emptying first you know taking the risk of opening up first base would seem like a bad move strategically but the reason he likes it is because he feels like they get the shields on he steals second base suddenly they can't put the shift yeah, on against shift. joey gallo uh, so like that's nice. something i'd never thought about before. Uh, that is interesting all right so i took trey turner ninth and i was very happy and yeah. yes if, if he had played 155 games last year he would have scored 46 more points than Francisco Lindor. That's huge. And Lindor was the number one shortstop in points leagues last year. So uh, that uh, that's why I think Turner may be, may be underrated in points leagues. I took him ninth. Okay, uh, starting pitcher depth. This was something that came up yesterday in the draft. At what point does starting pitcher depth become kind of scary? Scott and I were talking yesterday during the draft and was like, whoa. Man, these starting pitchers are terrible. And it was, for me, it was like round 17 out of 21. It was maybe about 75 pitchers in or so. Uh, what, what do you yeah. guys think? I, it's not unlimited depth at starting pitcher. After the first round? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's all, it's um, all relative. Like, you can still find guys with a ton of upside at that range. You can still, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where the likes of Jay Happ or Marco Estrada went last night, but. It probably wasn't much earlier than that. Well, that that was basically the cutoff for me. It was I had yeah, I had Marco Estrada right. in my queue. It was I when took... Miles Michaelis was at the top of my <laughs> available right. starting pitchers, and that was the case for like the last five rounds of a twelve-team league. Um, you know, full disclosure, I had to I had to um, I had to leave the draft for about five rounds last night because there was an inconsolable baby situation. And I just told Adam, great band. Name. It, was, it was like the middle of the draft. <laughs> it is a yeah. good band name. It was like the middle of the draft. And I told Adam, you know what? Just, just keep drafting starting pitchers from my rankings. Just go down my starting pitcher rankings list. Keep drafting starting pitchers. And he did. Um, and I was relieved that that's how, like, I, I may not have done that if I was actually sitting there, but I was relieved how it turned out because there was no, and, and maybe it's a points league specific thing, but there were, there were, it was tough to get excited about the pitchers that, starting pitchers that were left those last five rounds. I think it's something that you have to keep in mind if you're still drafting, and it's tough to count the amount of pitchers that come off the board, but I was just kind of comparing our draft last night with Fantasy Pros ADP, and I think it's about 75 pitchers or so 
And then it's going to be a personal preference thing of when you start feeling kind of queasy. Uh, like like Matt Harvey is the 77th pitcher off the board, but but Jake Odorizzi and Zach Davies are going ahead of him, and I don't really want them. Um, but then I go down, and I can still find. Yes, you can find some. However, I would say yeah. that there are players who are being drafted in the top 75 that you wouldn't want. Like Alex Cobb is kind of scary because he's – in a terrible ballpark, and he was awful on the road. Michael Waka, I don't think you want. Tyler Chatwood, I, I want him. Tyler Chatwood, I want for sure. In, in I what? want Michael Waka. All right, all right, fine. So I don't want Jordan Montgomery. Some people do. Like these I guys think... are fine. They're streamers. They're they're fine for two starts. I I just I don't know that I want to draft them necessarily. I think they're streamers. And I think like where I probably differ is we get to that point of the draft, and I'm not really like Chatwood's an exception because I think he does have upside. Just just because he's pitching for the Cubs and we haven't seen him a full season outside of course. But I get to that point in the draft and I'm drafting Sean Newcomb, Renato Lopez, Brandon Woodruff. I'm, I'm drafting guys that I might drop two weeks into the season, but I want somebody that has a chance to actually be a difference maker. Cause you might drop, you're probably going to drop Michael Walker well, well, when he has a bad outing too. Here's the thing. You drafted Sean Newcomb in round 16. So the sixth to last round, you were having to draft Sean Newcomb right. and Marco I've, Estrada went the round before that. I mean, they were, it it was it was to me kind of shocking because I feel like those are guys that are usually available in like the very last round of the draft and was kind of scratching my head what happened here did people just go heavier on I think the SP it was a, it was heavier on on it was Chris's fault like you always Mister Wait on starting pitcher and you drafted like four elite starting pitchers and screwed everything else up <laughs> everybody uh, else went the I drafted quantity, three quality, starting quantity pitcher, quality. three good starting pitchers and two good relievers was my strategy yesterday but. I like Robinson Cano went in the ninth round yesterday. Rugnet Odor went well after that. So mm-hmm. the, I think it was that starting pitchers just went earlier here, which is what you should. It shouldn't be surprising yeah. to see that in a head-to-head points league. Which is why I took almost all hitters early in the draft, just because I every time it got to me, there it wasn't good pitcher value available. Yeah, but don't you have to sort of adjust when your league is doing that because you're never going to get good pitcher. I'm going to fill all those roster spots. I'm going to get points for my hitters too. Yeah, you're gonna get you only, but there are so many good hitters throughout the draft. That's the thing. Like hitting is just deeper than pitching. Yeah, there's there's really good hitters on the waiver wire. Rugnet so. Odor went in the 18th round, by the way. Well, the funny thing about Odor is that, you know, for a lot of people, that probably was is he a starter or or a bench player for whoever has him? Had to be a bench guy. That's the thing. Do you want Rugnet Odor? Oh, that's on your, my team. I'll I'll let you know. Do you want, you want Rugnet Odor on your bench? Because I kept looking at Odor, and I while I think in a points league, first of all. He doesn't have that much points league upside because his plate discipline is so bad and he never walks. But mm-hmm. even like I do want Rugnet Odor, but in a points league, your utility is probably going to be a first baseman, a third baseman, or an outfielder. You're yeah. probably not I mean, going to have a second baseman. So 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 drafting two, I don't know about it. You know what I mean? Rugnet Odor specifically, um, we're we're just kind of hoping he gets back to where he was two years ago, right? And he was the ninth second baseman in this format two years ago, right? Like, I mean, that's obviously, if he gets back to that and you're a top 12 second baseman, yeah, somebody should be using him, but I, I don't know that he's a game changer. Right, it, but it he points. went in the 18th round, which yeah, is, no, which that's is, fine. it's, that's it's fine. less about the value, specific I, value of Rugnet Adore and about the fact that the, the reason that starting pitcher ran out earlier than your perception of it is that it didn't. It's just that hitters didn't go as early. No, I see. The I, pitching depth was there. I, I guess I'm arguing. The uh, way we drafted then in this particular league was more appropriate for the format. Sure. Yeah, maybe. Like, 
But but I, I think it's a matter I'm of the, like you talk about the guys that that Heath has right. Like you mentioned Sean Newcomb and who are the other uh, Brandon Woodruff. Uh, how many of them do you want? How if you have let's say this my league, bench. your entire bench, you want to be just upside guys. In like there wasn't really much choice. I would much rather have one of those guys on my bench than than somebody that I'm expecting to give me a four or five ERA over 180 innings, and that's what he's done for four years in a row. Like who? Yeah, that's not a good pitcher. I, I wouldn't want that. Well, we're not taking good pitchers in the 18th round. That's the point. There's, yeah, there's two the types point. of pitchers left he, at that point. There's bad pitchers and there's upside pitchers. He's hoping to right. You know, agreed. He's he's getting a lottery ticket and hoping to be able to cash in. I I assume maybe on one or two of these five that he took for his bench. I, I expect four I, that he took I expect I'm bench. going to drop half those guys. I yeah. mean Carlos Rodon's going to the DL and then we'll just add another spot. And that's right. that's like that's the way. Like I almost don't like when my bench is too good, particularly in a shallower league like this, because I want to be able to have that maneuverability the first couple weeks when. Um, you know, maybe it's Jake Junis. Maybe he continues this crazy strikeout rate from spring training in his first couple starts and, and looks like he's going to be a breakout pitcher. I want to be able to have the flexibility to drop somebody for him. And I, like, I don't have, I, I don't feel like a ton of upside in my starting pitchers that are actually in my rotation. So that's another reason why I went more upside with the bench guys because I, I feel pretty confident in what Jamison Tyone, Taiwan Walker, Kenta Maeda, those guys are going to be, but they're number four ish starters. And I don't have a lot of hope that they're number two starters. So yeah, you, you have an interesting rotation. In fact, all four of us have very different pitching staffs in this league. Uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was an interesting draft, and um, was it was it my personal favorite? But uh, all right, final draft day dilemma. We got our categories league draft tomorrow, and there's been so much talk. RP heavy, win three categories, ERA saves and WHIP. What if a lot of owners do that? You know because Usually, I feel like in the past, one, maybe two owners do it, but it's becoming popular now. What if a lot of owners do that now? Nips. Yeah, then you pivot. But the problem is, mm. it might be hard to tell. It, it, it yeah. might be hard to pivot with that particular strategy, too. Well, it's good. Well, I actually wrote about this in our last mock draft, uh, which was a roto, not a categories, but I had kind of gone in with the same type of plan, except I said, I, I want to start with hitters my first five picks and then see if I can still build a good high upside rotation. And you can. Starters are going to go later in this format, and you will see, like, before the Garrett Coles go, you will see that closer run start. In what, the head-to-head categories? And Roto, both. Yeah. Like, you know, so you'll get an indication when by how early the top closers right. go? When, when those guys start, and I, I wouldn't say, it's like Kenley Jansen could go in the third round, and it's there's not going to be a closer run, it's just one guy that wants to do that. But if you start seeing... Kimbrel go off in the early fourth, and all of a sudden Chapman's gone in the fourth, and Canable. like Fair. like guys guys like Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo, James Paxton, those guys are still going to all be there, and you can just start instead pivot to building a high upside rotation with a lot of those guys if you can get a lot, but they kind of go in the same range, and and you may only get one or two, um, so that. Like, I'd still feel good getting a true ace in that format, even if I'd planned to go the relief pitcher strategy, which I've never done before, so I'm not exactly an authority on it. How Maybe are you setting up the And league. the relief pitcher strategy is not all relief pitchers. We've gotten some emails about that. It's not don't draft any starters. I agree with Scott. Getting one ace to go with those relievers is a good idea. How are you setting up the head-to-head categories league? Just P slot? Just pitcher slots? No SPRP? I have not changed it from last year, and I believe it was all P. 
<laughs> Why are you guys giggling? You're like four. <laughs> I, I would have kept it together if he didn't. LOL. Chris didn't. All right, listen, I got a message. Uh, I got a message for you employers out there. Next time you need to hire someone, give ZipRecruiter a try and try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Actually, just strike. Um, look, when you want to bring in the right people, you post your job to sites and you wait and you wait. And you wait for the right people to see it, and that's very frustrating. And that is where ZipRecruiter comes in. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. One day. And how does ZipRecruiter do it? Well, ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job. So it goes out and finds people for you, and this is how you get the best and most qualified people for your job opening and quickly. Businesses, businesses of all sizes – Use ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. So right now, our listeners can try it for free. Yeah, for free, people. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Greg Bird is out six to eight weeks with an ankle injury. I took him with, I think, my second to last pick. I'll put him on the DL. And I will not be surprised if I have to drop him if I have too many people on the DL. Uh you know. But you've gone to three DL spots in this league, which is great. Yes. Everybody should do that after. Have you done that? Uh, in which league? Uh, any of ours. Well, most of ours are five. Okay. Good. Glad I was paying I, attention. I don't see the reason to increase. They had to five points. Yeah. Our points league is only two, right? Um, I'll look into that. Uh, Tyler Austin might hit again, might start against lefties. Neil Walker maybe against right. We'll see what happens with the Yankees first base. Uh, Arizona signed Cattell Marte to a five year. $24 million deal. And I'm going to read you something from a person I respect very much. And he likes Cattell Marte quite a bit this year. And he wrote about it in a column. And he said, big gains and walked strikeout and hard contact last year. Got ripped off on his Babbitt, so gains were masked. Could be greater than sign Simmons if he steals again. And this guy that likes Cattell Marte, it's the same guy who loved Jose Ramirez last year, and he is Al Melchior. And you can read all about it on Fantrax today, apparently. His bold predictions column is coming out. Al loves Cattell Marte. Does anybody else? I have drafted Cattell Marte in a lot of leagues lately, including the one we did last night. He is my starting shortstop. That was the last roster spot I filled. I think he's a good value. He is a swing change guy. Um, and there are some concerns about that with the humidor, but... The important thing to remember about the swing chains is it's not necessarily all about hitting fly balls. It's about hitting balls in the air and line drives count too. Uh, there is, there was a piece on fan graphs. I want to say early in the off season, looking at some of his batted ball data, stat cast, um, that showed that he actually has more raw power than his game might make you think. There are some, some really good indicators with him. I would love to see him run again. He ran in the minors. He has not done it at all in the majors, mm-hmm. but you know, he's got that in his back pocket too. There are, there's a lot of hoping for outcomes here. I feel sure. like, and, and you do that at shortstop. Um, well, you know how I draft, how I picked up Scott Kingery for $17 in our 12 team Roto league yes. yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Cattell Marte was the one I dropped. If it wasn't for him, it was for somebody else. All right. Would you rather have, Marte, because we're not hoping for anything? I, we'll 
Well passed. I'll take Cattell Marte <laughs> to score more fantasy points this season than Scott Kingery. And his ADP is 355. His CBS ADP is NA. He doesn't have one because he hasn't been drafted in enough leagues. I uh, got him in the z- wow. reserve rounds of that draft. You guys weren't on him then. All right. Cattell Marte or Ahmed Scott Rosario? Cattell Marte or Ahmed <laughs> Rosario? Rosario. Yeah, why wouldn't you not take Rosario? And he's going super late. Like that's yeah. that's the thing. Like it's it would be a pretty deep league, I think, before you have to get to Cattell Marte. Okay. Um, Rafael Devers day to day with a bruised knee. Michael Conforto will begin the season on the DL. When do you expect to see Michael Conforto on the Mets? That could be pretty soon, from the sounds of it. I mean, they were they were discussing having him available on opening day to serve primarily as a pinch hitter and a bench bat. So that tells me that they're not ready for him to play in the field, but a couple of weeks, right. uh, you know, yeah. At w- most. Would it be surprising if he's up before Ronald Acuna? It, no, I don't think it'd be surprising. Um, and this, I'd, I'd give it even odds, in fact. And he's got legitimate top ten outfielder upside. You know, you look at he had a better WOBA last year than Nelson Cruz. Conforto, Michael Conforto. Who would you rather have, and Conforto or Acuna? You'll have to draft Acuna earlier. Yeah, I'd rather have Acuna. So, it, yeah, you'd probably rather have Acuna, but I Acuna. But like, that's I, mostly I just because you have to draft him earlier. I don't yeah. actually feel that confident that Ronald Acuna is going to be better. Michael Conforto was really good last he year. He was really good. He, if, if he, he played if a this full had never season, happened, if the shoulder injury had never happened, I said on the podcast a couple days ago, he'd be between 15th and 20th in my outfield rankings, what he which did is ahead la- of Acuna. What he did last year wasn't that different from what Cody Ballinger did last year. But he's not the the type of prospect, but the batted ball data all backs it up. He hits the crap out of the ball. Mm-hmm. There are some concerns about whether he can hit lefties enough to be an elite hitter, but he's very good. All right, let's move Michael on here. Conforto. Michael Conforto. All right, uh, tweet of the day comes from Marty Legacy. Legacy. Uh, he says, Scott Kiggery, a true friend of the crown, dilly dilly. And then he has the <laughs> crown and beer mug emojis. Very funny. Now, new segment, most likely to, it's time for yearbook superlatives. Most likely to bounce back, Trevor Story or Rugnet Odor? Rugnet Odor. I'll take Coors Field. Um, hmm, I'll go Rugi. Okay, two votes for Rugi. Most yeah. likely to turn into a pumpkin, Whit Merrifield or Chris Taylor? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Isn't it bad when they turn it's into a, a pumpkin? It's a reference to the... Yeah. Cinderella. Cinderella. I know what it's a the reference to. It just doesn't make sense in this context. At midnight. Yeah, but whose value? Would you want to midnight? be inside of okay. a pumpkin? Would I want to be inside? I don't know. Depends. Probably. That's pretty gross. Well, there's those weird veins. Uh, Whit Merrifield. <laughs> He's older. He has less prospect pedigree. Uh, Chris Taylor. I, I think the skill set's a little better. Uh, Chris Taylor. He had. A lot more batted ball luck than Whit Merrifield did last year. Yeah, I'm going to go with Taylor, too. And I think the Dodgers have more escape routes also. All right, so more likely to turn to a pumpkin. Chris Taylor wins 2-1. to one. More likely like to – most likely to break out. Or more likely to break out, I guess. Lance McCullers or Aaron Nola? Uh, I kind of feel like Nola already broke out. Um, I think – I, you know, I rank him higher. I have a lot more confidence in him holding up over or him pitching a high, an ace number of innings, um, at least start by start. So uh, I guess I'll say Nola, but you know, 
I kind of feel like it's an unfair question. Lance McCullers is a better pitcher, but he's probably not going to throw as many innings. Aaron is Nola he? is not. I think so, yeah. Okay. Aaron Nola is not as safe as his. I think he said this on Friday. He's not as safe as the profile makes you think because he's had elbow issues each of the last two years. I'm going to take this question literally and say breakout is do something they've not done before. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm going to say Lance McCullers. I think Lance McCullers is more likely to be what he was for two straight years with a 3-2-2 ERA and just throw an extra 20 innings. Okay, McCullers is the winner of the most likely to break out part one. Most likely to break out part two, Luis Castillo or Trevor Bauer? Luis Castillo. Yes. Yep. Well, how many innings do you guys think we're getting from Castillo this year? If he, I don't see any reason why he couldn't throw a full season if he just avoids injury, which yeah. is true of every pitcher. I'll give him between 160 and 180. Okay. And another most likely to break out after I tell you about draft. Okay, we had a draft last night. I got one tonight. I got one Wednesday. I got one Thursday. Big week. Can't wait. Then after that, what happens? Just stop drafting until football season? Nope. Not with the draft app. With the draft app, you can play daily fantasy baseball, get new teams every day. But unlike the other guys, you get to do snake drafts with other people every day. You're drafting, just like in your seasonal leagues. And the best part is you can play for some cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. And drafts start at just $1. So there's a contest out there for everyone. I am actually looking forward to uh, to beating you, I'll just say. I'll just do whooping your butts on the draft app. My username is BigCane2. BigCane2. Follow me. I'll be posting drafts that you can join. I will be doing that throughout the season. Uh, all right, here's what you do. You search draft in your app store, or you can go on draft.com. And for a limited time, our listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you got to use our promo code. It's FB today. That's right. Play a real money game for free on draft. Our promo code is FB today. When you make your first deposit, use that code. Search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and use the promo code FB today when you make your first deposit. Back to the yearbook game. Most likely to break out Gregory Polanco or Yasiel Puig. Did did, Puig, did did Puig not break out last year? Yeah, I'm not expecting much more than he did last year, so I, I, I think he's better than Polanco, but it's kind of like the argument Heath was making McCullers versus Nola. The the counting stats should be better. We we expect him to hit in a better spot in the lineup, yeah. especially with Justin Turner out to start the season. And he only got 570 plate appearances last season. You're talking about Puig. Yasiel Puig. Yeah. Yes, he was the number 25 outfielder in points, number 31 in Roto. I don't know that he broke out. He only hit 263. I think batting average is really where he needs but, to make up. For. But like, but like he, Chris was saying, he batted eighth for a good portion of the year. So just like it's misleading where he were, he placed in in the rankings because but, yeah. of that. I I will say Gregory Polanco because he's never actually been that good. Right. That's yeah. Gregory Polanco is the answer because Yasiel Puig already broke out. Who most likely have a, a big season, Polanco or Puig? Puig, Puig. All right. Most likely to return late round value, Drew Pomeranz or Sean Manaya? Manaya. Manaya. The guy who's not on the DL currently. Most likely to get traded, Brad Hand, Alex Colome, or Felipe Rivero? Alex Colome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And finally, while we probably don't think either will happen, but most likely to lose his job, Sean Doolittle or Roberto Osuna? Do little. Do little. Do little. He'll do too little. And he's got a little competition there. They got some, some good, 
good RPs. All right, a little commission advice for you before we recap the podcast league and read some emails and do Team Name Tuesday. Uh, week one should be 11 days. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And you should combine the <laughs> All-Star break week with the following week. And if you are a CBS Sports commissioner, you can just go to League Schedule and your commish tools, and within five seconds, you can change both of those things. You can make week one 11 days. It might default to that. I'm not sure. And combine the All-Star it break doesn't. week with the following. It doesn't. I, I had to sort this out to write the week one preview columns. Uh, the default setting is the four days. Um, and that's going to be kind of annoying because everybody who does the 11 days and it's, it's right now, it's only like 20% of leagues are set up to do 11 instead of four. Oh, come on. Um, but every, everybody who does, like, we're going to talk about week two and it'll still be week one for them. We're going to talk about three, week three, and it'll still be week two for them. Like they'll be a week behind all season long, which will be frustrating for everybody involved. Yeah, that, that, that is a... Well, so then how many weeks are there, Scott? There's usually 26, but if you make there, week one a four-game week, does that make? Yep. Does that mean they're 27? 27, yep. All right, so I want to get back on the 26-game, 26 26-week 26 schedule. But then actually— but Aren't you going to be 25? Yeah, I am going to be 25. <laughs> if you're combining the All-Star break. Right. Yeah, you know right. what you should do that would be super fun is just combine the first four seasons with that half week from the All-Star break. The first four what? Or what? Just the first Game. four games. games of the season. The first oh, four days first four oh, game, yeah. with that all-star break week. Yeah, make like an eight-day week fun. that's, you know, you don't know the results. And it's like, it's like when it's a game gets, um, rained out, a tie game gets rained out in the seventh inning or whatever. Yes. And you got to finish it at the all-star uh-huh. break. Yeah. yeah. You, you still don't know who wins. Uh, also, last note, very important. If you're doing a league that had play members in it last year and you're just keeping the league, delete all the rosters before your drafts because yesterday we showed up to the draft and and uh, me and the four of us had teams and nobody else did. So delete the rosters. Don't be an idiot. Don't be an azer. <laughs> all right. Podcast League Recap. It started out, you know, pretty conventional, I'd say, with the four aces going in the first round. Kershaw, right? Yeah, where did Scherzer go? Yeah, Scherzer six, Kershaw eight, Kluber ten. Sale 11, and no major surprises with the first two rounds, really, except Severino went uh fifth pick of round two. But, you know, other than that, pretty much stuck to the script of mostly hitters in the first two rounds, and then your little starting pitcher run in round three. My team started exactly how I wanted. Trey Turner, Chris Bryant, Jacob deGrom. I was like, that was exactly what I wanted to do. I want to get a top ten pitcher after two hitters. Everything got a little wacky, though, because... Because the listeners had um, different strategies. One one owner drafted Kenley Jansen and Craig Kimbrell in rounds four and five. Um, one owner went very hitter-heavy early and really screwed me up by taking Carlos Santana as a DH, and I was I basically punted first base. So, I, you know, we talked about starting pitcher depth disappearing kind of quickly. But, yeah, it was kind of an interesting, interesting draft. Uh, what were your takeaways? Uh, Scott, why don't we start with you? The king of the head-to-head points format, who had the fourth pick. We had, we all, the rest of us drafted late. I had ninth, Chris eleventh, and Heath twelfth. I haven't won this league in two years, Adam. Oh, drought. It's a drought. Um, yeah. So my biggest takeaway was what happened at starting pitcher there, and I my my ace uh, actually is Robbie Ray in round five, um, because like we've talked about more recently, there is a big drop off that happens at hitter too. And I feel like after that drop off, there's more interchangeability with hitters to last the rest of the draft, basically, 
versus a pitcher where there continues to be teardrops. So uh, I kind of went heavy on the second, third tier pitchers instead of getting an ace. Uh, but that allowed me to start off my team with Charlie Blackman in round one, uh, Anthony Rizzo in round two, late in round two, Brian Dozier round three, and Reese Hoskins in round four. Yeah, and I was just swing. very, I was very surprised that you took Dozier over like Degrom, Strasburg. I don't know if Strasburg was on the board, but that whole. Uh, yeah. You took Dozier ahead of Strasburg, Verlander, Granky. I know you like Granky a lot. I was I was surprised by that pick. Yeah, and I'm not sure. It's the first time since I reconfigured the tiers so that uh, Dozier was tiered on the same level as Jose Ramirez. And actually, the inspiration for that was kind of Daniel Murphy's injury because once you take Daniel Murphy out of what well, was Brian Dozier's tier, Dozier seems too good relative to what's left. So I tiered him higher, um, and. You know, I kind of gotten used to falling back on like Scooter Jeanette type second baseman or even like Whit Merrifield who went in round eight in this uh, league. You know, we think of him as more of a roto guy, but he was, you know, fifth best second baseman on a per game basis in this format last year. So I kind of gotten used to drafting those guys at second base. Now instead I have Dozier who obviously has a higher ceiling, uh, but that means I was passing up Donaldson, Bellinger, other hitters like you said. The thing is I just, I don't feel like I'm weak at those positions. I guess, you know, I ended up with Moustakas at third base, so I guess that's not entirely true. Donaldson would have been obviously a big upgrade from Moustakas. So it's, I guess I probably wound up with uh, Dozier and Moustakas instead of Donaldson and Scooter Jeanette. Right. Um, All right. And, I and, feel and, like Donaldson, Scooter Jeanette, Scooter Jeanette has more upside, honestly. And Ryan's so your, your utility right now. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I don't know if you love that, but you. No, I'm but fine yeah, with it. I'm fine with it. You did go very heavy on starting pitcher after not drafting one until round five with Robbie Ray. Yep. Robbie Ray, uh, Alex Wood, Trevor Bauer, Charlie Morton, Luke Weaver, Danny Duffy, Jake Faria, uh, Aaron Sanchez, Miles Michaelis Sanchez. I read a glowing article about him yesterday. Uh, yeah, as my eighth starting pitcher, I feel good about that. Yeah. So. All right, so uh, Scott takes a slightly different approach than what I thought he would do, but as as we have said, you miss out on the aces, you make up for it by grabbing more starting pitchers in the next tiers, and that's what Scott did. Chris, you had the 11th pick. What was your takeaway yes, from did. the draft? So I'm not sure if I love the strategy that I ended up going with, what which was actually taking two of the very good relievers. I didn't get... Craig Kimbrell and Kenley Jansen, but I did end up with Corey Knebel and Roberto Ozuna. Those could be, and I think you guys have them pretty much ranked right around the top five, right? I think I am lower on Knebel than, than sure. most, but yeah, right, top eight. And it makes me feel a lot better about my team at the start of the season. And that is what I was running into with all my head-to-head leagues where I was waiting on relief pitcher, maybe grabbing a Sparp. Uh, is that I end up looking at my teams and I kind of hate them. Not hate them, but I just, I'm weak specifically there. And it feels better right now. <laughs> but in a month, if Corey Knable has lost his job or one of them gets hurt, it will feel really bad because I invested a lot in those guys when I probably could have taken another starting pitcher instead. Um, so that's, that's the one thing that I changed in this draft that I'm not sure will work out. But if Knable and Ozuna are good, my team's going to be really good, I think. 
Okay, and the rest of your team, you are two, Yaz, two Yasmani Cooks. Two you gotta, Yasmani you Cooks for now. I'll change it at some point, yeah. All right, you have two catchers and two second basemen. That's very strange. I had to – well, I, Rail Muto fell to a point where he was like the 13th round, the second-to-last pick of the 13th round. At that point, even though he's opening the season on the DL and he's on the Marlins, that's too good value for a guy that we think is one of the better hitting catchers in the game. But I had to take a second catcher because he's opening the season on the DL. So I'll have to live with Jorge Alfaro for a little while, and I don't mind that. And it's Alfaro from ideal. Oh, oh yeah. that's why you have two uh, catchers. Okay, because he's on the DL. All right, I get it. I yes. get it. And then Robinson Cano and Rugen at door, they both just fell too much. And I, yeah. I, at some point, you just have to take good players. Someone's going to get hurt. I'll be able to play them somewhere. Right. That that's, makes sense. That's the, the logic there. And then I invested heavily in starting pitcher, which I don't normally do, but I like it. And, you know, I, you guys said there's a big drop off after the top three for me. I have Chris Sale, James Pax, and Carlos Carrasco. I love that. Yep. Mike Leake and Julio Teron, there is a drop off, but they're both guys who are going to throw a lot of innings. They're both guys that aren't going to be disasters, I think. Uh, Julio Teron wasn't <laughs> good last year, but before that, he's been pretty consistently good. So I have a question for you. So you have Cattel okay. Marte as your starting shortstop. Yes. It's obviously on paper looks like a weakness. Do you think you do you regret taking the relievers where you did and not maybe replacing well let me see where you got Ozuna. Okay, let's say you replace him with um I think oh, when I, I made a, a better shorts. Didi Gregorius. What would you say? I think when I made those picks, the shortstops that I like were gone. You could I have think had that Didi. Was the issue. You don't want Didi? Yeah, I, I think he's probably fine. I, I would have had to pass on Corey Knebel and Rob, Roberto Ozuna to take Didi, and I just I don't know if there's that big of an advantage in this format. Well, no, you could you could have had one of them. Shorts. You could have had right, uh, right. I would have had to pass on one of them, but I wanted them, right. two good relievers. Okay. Um, and I, I just don't know if Didi Gregorius gives you enough of an edge relative to what those relievers could do. Uh, he's probably safe. Okay, so Heath, uh, you had the 12th pick just after Chris Towers. And you guys both have to change your team names, by the way. It's a uh, unwritten rule. You cannot have the same team name two years in a row. But you are, yeah, I think for the moment. I've already decided I'm going with Maida Adam Cry <laughs> or Maida M. Cry. Maida um, Adam Cry is better, and that's very funny. Yeah, Maeda, Adam Cry, because of my turn at the 13, at 13, 14, I believe it was, when I got Will Meyer, Myers, and Adam didn't have a first baseman yet, and Kenta Maeda. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Again, Myers, I will probably put in the outfield, because I already had Paul Goldschmidt. It was interesting. I, I hate the 12th pick, especially in a league like that, where it's all podcast listeners, because I did not have any illusions that an ace was going to make it to me. And they didn't. So I took Paul Goldschmidt and Manny Machado, and then for some reason Corey Seager fell to the end of the third round in a points league. I I really didn't have any bones about just taking him and playing Machado at third. Again, I, I gave you what I thought Machado was going to do this year, and that's still a top three or four third baseman, so that's fine. I really feel <laughs> like my lineup is just – it may be the best one I've drafted this year. Let's hear it. Uh-huh. Let's hear it. I've got Yadier Molina at catcher, Paul Goldschmidt, D. Gordon, Manny Machado, Corey Seager, Andrew Benintendi, Lorenzo Cain, Billy Hamilton, Will Myers, and Paul DeYoung on my bench. It's terrific, yeah. And, now and your, that, your starting staff is not 
is your starting staff is not bad actually. I think your your team's pretty good. You just don't have any aces. Your best pitcher. Would I be did Cueto not take a starting Gray. pitcher until the seventh round, so that is it makes it difficult to get an ace. I would say that I don't have a number one. I've got a number two in Johnny Cueto that I feel pretty good about. I've got a number three in Sonny Gray. I've got several number fours: Maeda, Tyone, Tyone, and Taiwan. I have to come up with a team name that has to do with those two, right? Um, Jamison Tyone, Taiwan Walker, <laughs> right? Elite closers in Chapman and Rysel Iglesias, and then all the high upside pitchers on the bench: Reynaldo Lopez, Sean Newcomb, Carlos Rodon, Brandon Woodruff. Okay, I, I think it'd be a little bit of a stretch to call uh, Rysel Iglesias an elite closer, only because to be an elite closer in a points league. You have to have a bunch of saves, and it's uncertain that he will get those opportunities. He is an elite number two closer. I have elite closers. Uh, if that, have, if my that number exists. number one is elite, <laughs> and my number two is elite for number two. Okay, Adam, I yes, changed my team name. What is it? Please please check it out. Uh, I may have stolen it from a listener. I'm not sure if we got this in an email. Okay, let's see. Puigo de Gallo. Puigo Gallo. de Gallo is pretty good. Oh, because oh, you have Gallo. Yeah, and Puig. And Puig, that's uh, terrific. Rice Iglesias was the number 11 relief pitcher in this format last year, so he is so easily— So the second worst number one closer. He is an elite number two reliever. An elite well, number two reliever Palmer. makes absolutely no sense. Okay, so um, I, I won't run through my team. I'll just tell you that I, for, for, I've never in my life done this. I punted first base, and I was going to take Will Myers, but— He's not great in this format. He was two years ago. Last year, I think he was the number 14 first baseman. I am banking on being able to find a first baseman or the guy I took, Justin Smoke, just walking enough to uh, be passable. There is a guy that if you find yourself in this position in a points league where you are just stuck at first base, Brandon Belt is actually, in my opinion, a poor man's Carlos Santana. He is much better in points leagues. He gets on base mm-hmm. a lot. He'll hit some doubles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. over he actually the- he actually averaged about as many points per game as Smoke last year, and that was with a uh, bad Babbitt by his standards. He had only two forty one, and he yeah. averaged what Smoke did in a career season. So it's a very good point. And also, uh, y- uh, Yonder Alonso, I feel like is a first baseman uh, if you have to go the thrifty route there. And somebody else in this league did has Alonso as his first base, and I'm starting to get really excited about him. He's tied for the spring lead in home runs with seven. And what's notable, I think, is 10 for 20 with two home runs against lefties. That's the big thing for me. He, I don't think there's that much of a difference between him and Justin Smoke, but there's like a 180-point difference in their ADP. It just comes down to whether Yonder Alonso can play every day. Even last year when he had the breakout, he wasn't good against lefties. And then just a couple more notes from my team. Um, I took outfielders a little bit earlier. I took Ozuna than I wanted to. I think I had all three of them by round 10. Ozuna, Cespedes, and Eaton, and that, and I like them, but and especially getting Eaton. But I, uh, you know, it, it kind of it kind of limited me a little bit later when there was great outfield value. But that's okay. Ozuna uh, fell a bit, I think, right? Oh, he did. I think I got him in round. Seven. I remember, yeah, I remember seeing him and and wanting no. to. I think you took him. I got him in round five. I'm in a late round five. Yeah, I, I think you took him two spots before I could. Yes, you took Starling Marte, um, but yeah. I, I liked. I still like the value. That was fifty. 57th overall or something like that for Ozuna. Yeah. So I was cool with that. Good value. Uh, and then the last thing here, I, I don't really have much faith in Mike Miner immediately. He's my SPARP. He's my number two relief pitcher. I don't think I'm going to start him to begin the year. I think I'm going to pick up maybe a Rodas Vizcaino or something like that. 
and get a true closer and keep Miner on my bench and see what happens. I just I don't have faith immediately in any of the Sparps to be starting them from day one. Thoughts? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I actually thought about taking Miner the same round you did, which I believe was fifteen. Um, and that was what I was going to do with him, too. Like, I, I'm going to have to have three relievers if I take minor. Right. right. Um, I thought the two best listener teams, Ozzy, 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 Rodney uh, Briarly got off to a very good start. He made some questionable picks on the stretch, but uh, his team is just awesome. And then John S., you uh, took all of my players. <laughs> uh, team name Tuesday to end the show. We got the Fisher Kingery. Sure. Yeah. I'll be Brock. Yeah. The Brock Street Boys. And Santa- okay. Santana Claus. And sure. I'm supposed to sing this one. <laughs> pull my, you know, make sure, twist my arm. I pull my arm, twist uh-huh. my arm. Stroming pull. my pain with George Springer. That's very good. Yeah, that's one good. time. That's right. And I did it all for the Mookie. We've had that one before, Come but on. not with Didi in there. Not with Didi. That's a good one. I like that. It's good. I'm going to give you 10 players that we haven't talked about, and I want you to tell me how much interest you have in them in a mixed league on a scale of 0 to 10. Fast, rapid-fire segment here. Trey Mancini. How I feel about him on a scale of 1 to 10. What does 10 mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll feel i give Mancini a 6. 5. Rapid-fire! 1. 1. Whoa! Michael Waka. Michael Waka. We just got an e- email excoriating you guys for your low ranking of Michael Walker. And I agree. Michael Walker had a very good, uh, peripheral season last <laughs> year. I think Michael Walker is a, a, an eight. Two. Three. Tyler Skaggs. One. One. Zero. Andrew Heaney. Zero. If he was healthy. Three. But he's dealing with elbow issues again, so. Yeah. Matt Three. Davidson. Matt Davidson. One. One. Zero. Salvador Perez. I, I mean, is he uh, different question for Ten? Perez? Is is he underrated? No. I'll give him a seven. Okay. Six. Ten. I one hundred percent want him on one of my teams. He has been a top six <laughs> catcher, Salvador Perez, in four of the last five seasons. Addison Russell. I I keep. Just looking at him and not doing anything with it. Uh, four. Through. I don't want to give up <laughs> on it entirely. Three. What did you say, Heath? Through? Through. Yes. Okay, like 2.5. That's, uh, that's Edison Russell. How about, um, Tyler Glass now? A hundred. <laughs> what are we rating again? How excited we are? In a mixed how league. How much do you want interested? Him, yeah. I'm, I'm a there 10. is no calibration for this game. I'm, I'm a 10. I want him no. on, on You're not a 10. all of my teams with a bench. Four. Have you seen this beard? Eight. Okay, and two more, guys. Nomar Mazzara. Ten. Ten. Five. Hector Neris. Nine. <laughs> um, ten. I'm, 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 I'm going with ten. I want him on my team. I'm, Hector, like I'm fine with him, but I'm not. He's pretty good. Super interested. Like he's just. I'll, I'll give him. I'll like, give. This like, is your kind of guy, Hector Neris. Yeah, you, talking about the Phillies closer. Yes, you get. Okay. You don't take closers early. Right. You got to pick some up later. He's there yeah. late. 
but it's not this like, is, oh, yeah, Hector Neris. Right, like, that's the point. Yeah, it's pretty Neris. good, and you guys so, all picked Hector like, Neris to, or the Phillies to be second in the division, right? Uh, I'll give not him me. a four. Like, I don't think he's I fine. He's just another, he's just another mid to late round closer. He's been really good the last two years. All right, we're done. Thank you, everybody. Uh, bonus one, Scott Kingery. No, just kidding. Never again. Uh, see you later. We'll talk to you on Wednesday with Jonah Carey joining the show and more from around baseball.